Welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algman. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. Today, we welcome Telmo Silva. Telmo has spent more than 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry and has specialized in information systems for large manufacturing and pharmaceutical groups. In 2008, he created Click Pharma, later renamed to Click Data, with the sole intent of making data management and reporting accessible to every company. And I'm excited to have him here today. Telmo, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Anthony. This is great. So why don't we just get started? I gave a very quick brief intro uh, for you, but why don't we start by just give us a little bit more background on your career and the inspiration behind Click Data and, you know, now an organization that has, um, you know, continued to thrive and grow over the last, you know, over well over a decade now, um, you know, help us understand where that fits into the marketplace and we'll kind of just, you know, launch it off from there. It sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my, my career started mostly in consulting, dealing with, uh, uh, as you mentioned in the intro, manufacturing, retail, and then uh, pharmaceutical, um, pharmaceutical industry specifically has, has been a very interesting, a very uh, difficult industry because unlike um, manufacturing or retail or food or, um, you know, you don't know who your end customer is, right? It's, there's a, a high level of protection um, in, in, in many different um, uh, spots on the chain of selling this a product to the customer. Um, and then there's a lot of possibility for replacement products. The pharmacist uh, can exchange uh, and change the prescriptions based on generics, etc. Then there's insurance companies, and you know, and and then we have the regional aspect of things, uh, the differences between uh, the healthcare systems in the different countries and so forth. And that is a very challenging industry, kind of to 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 wrap your head. And and data is obviously core to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pharmaceutical industries definitely uh, has a, a, an impact in terms of the research and development money that they put into a drug, and then they need to see that out. So, um, how do you how do you handle that, both from a, from a technology point of view, but also from a process and even um, a, a governmental point of view? So, mm-hmm. it, it, it gave me a lot of the background um, when I start dealing with these different customers that that you know that there's something to be done here, and in fact. When I started, I was not at all thinking, oh, it's data. I want to get into the world of data. All I was doing is doing what most IT consultants do, which is implementing financial systems, ERPs, um, you know, the big names, SAP, et cetera, implementing CRMs at the time of Siebel. We were shifting the mindset from a, a Salesforce tool to a CRM, a customer-centric tool, and then Salesforce and so forth. So I was dealing with that. Um, and then... And then it kind of dawned on me that um, we always start from the bottom, from the transactional side of things. We always start from the, oh, let's yeah. let's buy a system that does invoicing. Let's buy a system that does purchase orders. Let's buy a system that does HR, CRM, and so forth. And let's worry about reporting later, yeah. right? <laughs> let's figure it out how we're going to collect <laughs> that later. And that's where, you know, data warehouse projects come in, data marts, data lakes, big data, small data, um, data cleansing master data management, all those things kind of, um, it was like a, you know, a, a problem in solution of a, in search of a solution kind of thing because we've created this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with um, my bosses were very um, 
knowledgeable in that in that respect and they pushed me towards uh thinking you know what i'm looking for is this this is how i see it from the management and that should escalate down mm-hmm. and in that all that experience gave me kind of that 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 feeling that something is not done yet yeah. something is not complete in the in you know in the it tool set that companies use these days um, I think SAP and other tools have done amazing jobs in completing the transactional side of things, Oracle, et cetera, uh, Microsoft as well. But when it comes to BI, um, it's still kind of a very fuzzy um, field and data in specific and, and information systems, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really where my pa- passion kind of led me into is in solving these data problems for the pharmaceutical industry. How could I solve these problems for everybody? And and why does it take so long and why is it so costly? Mm-hmm. And that really is kind of what led me in 2008 to create Click Pharma initially mm-hmm. to solve this for pharma and, and, and see how far I could get on that. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the part one of the story it was my, my, you know, and, you know, my corporate career and consulting mm-hmm. that kind of led me to become. Uh, an entrepreneur, a, a technologist, if you will, of a software development company mm-hmm. and and all the lessons that go alongside with it. So and and let's talk a little bit more about about what click data is and how it works, because when I think about businesses in the data industry. So you, you, when you talk click data, there's different kinds of data business, right? There's businesses that compile data and sell that data. There's businesses that help organizations through tooling or consulting to, to refine their own data. There's, you you kind of name, you know, anything under the sun, it could be there. So what is, what is click data focus in and has that changed over the years at all? I think it has. And, and, and I think first we need to analyze what we call you know, the BI and the information system market, the data viz market and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. We need to put that into perspective and see um, what do we believe um, is the tool, the right tool for the job? What what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, what we needed to accomplish, what my objective was to give the power for any size company, large or small, to be able to collect data from their own systems, the Mm -hmm. systems that they're using to run their business, and putting it all together in a place, a playground where they could build these metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, because interesting enough, is much harder to sit those people down and say, what do you want? Uh, and, and collect all their requirements and then go out. Because that's the traditional way we do things. We yeah. collect functional requirements. We go around saying, okay, uh, manager of this department, what would you like to see? Okay, what would your people would like to see? Collect all that, put that into technical documents, uh, and then implement it. Uh, but that is very difficult. And even if we do that, by the end, um, what I found in, in both in my consulting side, but also working for, for large pharma, was uh, three months later, you go down to the same people that you just discussed, and those requirements would have changed. Mm-hmm. Not because of them, necessarily but market changes market is dynamic even in a in a in an industry as regulated and seemingly as static as pharma is it does change there's competitors that come and go there's new products there's there's impacts of of uh government uh you know uh, laws and, and regulatory affairs that that impact the way they do business and as such that is is something that 
that you know we need to adapt faster. So in that frustration of going back there and seeing these people still exporting their data to Excel because the requirements that we collected and implemented over the last three, four, five months no longer fit their needs uh, was the frustration that led me to believe that I need a different tool. But what is that tool? Is it is it a data viz tool like Tableau's and ClickViews, mm-hmm. or is it a data warehouse like an Oracle um, Business Intelligence or even SAP Anna or something like that, um, or is it the 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 business rules the the that we uh, put into the ETLs and making all those links between the datas and the different KPIs um, and, and the calculations that we what is that? And the answer is it's everything. In fact, <laughs> it's not one thing. It's right. it's um, and 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 that itself was a huge um, kind of oh my, do I really want to do this? Do I want to now create a company that basically not only competes with the tableaus and click views of this world? and Power BI's, but it's also competing with the Oracles and the IBM data warehouses, and it's also competing with the Informaticas and the talents of this world. What are you trying to do, Talmo? Like, are you trying to, to do you really think you can do this? Um, and, the, and the essence is, yeah, I mean, I think we could. I think mm-hmm. that the biggest differentiator, what we wanted to build was a tool that a small business could implement and have a full-fledged data warehouse with their own data uh, that they could do calculations and massage the data and produce visuals that allow them to manage their business. Because at the end of the day, that's all that a manager wants is to say, how am I doing? Am I doing well? Am I going in the right direction? Do I need to shift? Uh, uh-huh. Or do I need to do something or not? You know, everything is working well. Let's me, let me take the week off. That's all they really want sometimes, right? Uh-huh. And as, as, as much as I love Excel and some of those other tools that I mentioned, um, the automation that goes along with it is also part of it. We need to make sure this thing is embedded in the in the in the business so that it becomes core to the business, right? So that is what Click Data really initially Click Pharma was, and later Click Data was was set out to be. It's a full set of data warehouse connectivity, data visualization, data transformation, publication, all in one package. And data lineage, something that I know where this data come from and I know where it ends, mm-hmm. is built in, baked into the product, as opposed to the other uh, players. Well, and and you you addressed that you know you did this with the mindset of being able to serve you know I imagine businesses of of a wide range of sizes, but even small businesses. And what I think is so important about the way you've you were talking about and the way you've created Click Data is that. So many of our tools out there handle this one little sliver of the overall value proposition, the, the life cycle or the stream of, of activities that need to happen for us to actually capitalize on that data. And that's something like when I talk about like data leadership topics and things like that, it all comes back to this. It's like recognize we have data and the best data, like to your point, the best data about our business to help our businesses from our business. And that's like the stuff that we really care about deeply and bringing it, bringing it together alongside from whatever systems it's coming from, bringing it together and analyzing it and delivering it to people who can act on it is a wide array of functions. Like there's a lot of technical complexity in going through all of those steps, but if you can take it and look at it end to end to say, okay, what are our our potential in this data? How can we move it through a series of processes to deliver it to somebody who can run a business better? That's a good story. And I think that the smaller the company gets while their available data is 
arguably less than a very large organization. It's not that much less. It's still probably way more complex on a per capita basis than it is in many large organizations. These problems are very, very similar, and they scale slower as you get to smaller organizations to large organizations than the need for those um, scales with it. Because small businesses need data insights and actions just as much as large organizations. They just have less money to invest in making happen. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, the challenge, uh, as you said, that the, the challenge of the larger organizations is the volume of data, right? Mm-hmm. But not necessarily the complexity. And I think part of the culprit, if you will, is the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. This software as a service, much like big data is, um, that have generated this, this need. Whereas before you'd look at a solution, if you're a small size, medium business, you'd look at uh, Microsoft Access and some Excel macros and Maybe you put QuickBooks installed on your laptop and you have your, you know, your financial system where these days the choices are much, much wider and they're all on cloud. Mm-hmm. And now you no longer have direct access to that data. That access, that data sits now in, you know, in QuickBooks online and, and, and all these different online solutions, you know, Salesforce and all this. And, and now the small, medium business has a different problem is, okay, how do I get to my data other than just, exporting it out every every monday morning right mm-hmm. so now you get into into api discussions how do i get how do i use an api to get to my data so all that is has been compounded i think greatly by by the the, the spur of uh, you know if we look back to 2005 uh, onwards the last 15 years where you know uh, the small business any small business and i look even click data today as not a a, a large uh, business we use over 12 different cloud-based systems from development to financials. So the complexity now is different, right? Mm-hmm. But I totally agree with you in, in, the, in the sense that small businesses, you know, a P&L statement is a P&L statement, regardless mm-hmm. of what you know, company size you are. It's just how difficult it is to go get that data and how much volume you have of that data. Right. And so, like, I, I like the accounting example. That's something that businesses of all kinds can relate to. We all have to do accounting one way or another. And, you know, back in the olden days, we had our, our you know, journals that had the had like handwritten, you know, accounting entries long ago did away with those. Everybody's been using software for a long time. A lot of it was, you know, client side software that just existed on your laptop or your desktop oftentimes could create exports or what have you. And now we've elevated it out to, I think a lot of uh, small organizations, especially are, are fully in the cloud with a QuickBooks online or, or what have you. And, and the question that I have in using that maybe as, as the, the initial example, like, has have things like we know the cloud has more power like we we get that but at the end of the day in terms of making it um you know it, it, are we making it easier or harder by being in the cloud with all of these different services has has it gotten has it actually gotten better or, or are we actually losing ground to compared to how it used to be what what's your take on that i think my take is that i think it has been easier um for the end user to get new features, for the the development company to deliver new features as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you take this back into a decentralized model, where um, and it's funny to see along the history of kind of uh, um, client server architectures, three tier models, four tier models, etc., how we go back and forth, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Back then, and then everybody said no, everybody on Windows, and everybody goes, oh no, everybody back centralized on the cloud, and you know, it, it goes in cycles. It's, it's, uh, but nonetheless, it's, it's. I, I do believe that, and speaking personally, that 
um, I would never be able to deliver such such a powerful system as Click Data if it was not a um, you know a multi-tenant single installation for everybody to use. And when my engineers finish the work, that all the features are available instantly for all my customers. If uh, as opposed to that, I would have to deliver that through the installations on each system or network. Um, the cost would change, the, the delivery rate would definitely change, et cetera. Where we have lost is um, now that we've moved the data from local to cloud, uh, we've lost a little bit of that access to, mm-hmm. to that data, right? And I think that is part of the reason why Click Data is here today is to try to solve that problem, mm-hmm. is to uh, enable the, the, the folks that don't know what an API is or a GraphQL or uh, you know, how do I measure my Google Analytics, but I want it in a different way, the reporting, or I want my Facebook social media stats. Uh, how do I get them in, delivered to me in a different format or mingled with my sales data? Well, I don't know API. I don't know coding. How do I do that? So using uh, Click Data and tools like Click Data um, to easily go get the data and kind of um, create a, a, a closer pool of data that they can use, whether you want to call that a data warehouse or just a copy of your cloud data. But yeah, I, I do agree with you. There's there's trade-offs as with everything. And I'm sure we're going to see another cycle somewhere. And we already start seeing some hints of that with uh, container technology like Docker and things like that, where you know we went from kind of the infrastructure as a service to platform as a service. And now everybody's trying to containerize things and to put them back into into smaller modules again so uh, you know we're on that spiral you know on that curve again of decentralization potentially um you know we see amazons and clouds and googles offering uh, hybrid cloud solutions so mm-hmm. they're half on each side so i i mean there's always that push there that pull back and forth uh, and i think that's you know that's something that will continue to happen um, but i do think that in terms of functionality delivery and cost as well. Uh, we are now, um, and, and and again, we need to consider that you know we have also been imposed some of these things by other than technology. For example, accountability, financial accountability, SOC uh, compliance, SOC compliance, um, um, you know HIPAA compliance, all these GDPR, etc. All these things are forcing us as well to be more concerned about data security, about data uh, backups. And, and it's not everybody that can um, run their business and, you know, their laptop gets stolen or broken or on a fire and all of a sudden their entire data goes away. So it has been enforced as well to implement larger scale systems, which I don't think small and medium businesses are in measure to do so. And uh, so the, the cloud does have, it's it's pros, mm-hmm. but I do agree with you. We did distance the, the business from the data. Yeah, well, and, and I think a little bit about like because we have all of these capabilities now in the cloud that we just wouldn't be able to do any other way. Um, and, and on one hand, you could say, well, that would naturally lead to these complexities uh, from the implementation and integration standpoint. Once we want to get things talking to one another, I think that's where you know the the you know. Increased reliance on APIs and containerization is, I think, coming from that symptom of we need to reduce the complexity in more kind of hyper evolving 
areas because we still need to have that kind of consistent thread through all of those things in the life cycle. And so I think that's I think that's interesting. And I want to learn more. You mentioned something briefly, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more deeply about it, because like if I am a smaller, medium sized business and I I think this story, like these challenges are easily um, identifiable for for many folks, even if you're not in a technology business fundamentally, you care about this stuff. Now you care about these things. And we'll get into this whole notion of, you know, there are so many things that are interesting, but not impactful. There's all of these risks. It's kind of a data literacy question, but I don't want to talk about that just yet. What I want to talk about is when I'm trying to solve and understand how to build this kind of data ecosystem to drive my company, especially for small organizations, I think is especially interesting. Why don't I want to just go and hire an individual data consultant that will custom make, like make that bespoke suit for us and exactly what my company wants and needs right now, connect my QuickBooks to the, you know, my my da- my dashboard of choice to my cloud of choice and all of that versus having something that has maybe more capability um, broadly, but isn't as custom made for me? Like, what are the pros and cons and, and why would somebody want to click data versus other options in the uh, marketplace? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest uh, challenges, a challenge that we ourselves face is that when you connect to as many systems as we do, but uh, again, assuming a small and medium sized business can, you know, has only three or four APIs to deal with, um, the rate that uh, the technology and the uh, and the way that they offer you that data uh, changes almost constantly. And I'm going to give you a very uh, potentially the most um, um, complex example that we're faced with: Facebook data, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, Facebook ads, Instagram. Those yeah. just those three alone for any um, e-marketing or marketing company agency, um, PR agency. Those are critical, right? Mm-hmm. But even for a small, medium-sized business that uses those channels to promote B2C uh, products, those are incredible channels, and they need to monitor those to, to make sure their investment is proper. But here's what happens. Uh, as with any popular systems, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it, um, as their data grows, their need to monetize that data grows. And the 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 development that they do on their site can impact the way you uh, get the data. So where one day, for example, you are able to get the last years of Facebook likes that you've had on your page, uh, they may now only reduce that to 30 days. So now how can you do analysis over time? You need to store consistently store that data somewhere in a trickle fashion to have the whole history of that. Um, where before they had version one of the API, now they have version two. When we were using SOAP, now they're using REST. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow they're going to use GraphQL. So when you hire that developer to do that API, I believe you will need to hire that developer full-time, basically, mm-hmm. because the changes are constant, if not monthly, mm-hmm. um, to either the API itself, the structure, the technical portion, but also what the data and how the data is structured and how they give it to you for free, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, when we started the business, this is kind of a funny story. We're looking for investors. And I showed, you know, I was explaining click data to the investors. And, and one of the investors told me, well, you know, APIs is going to solve that. I don't think we need a data, a centralized cloud data warehouse anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's doing APIs. And... Um, 
And of course, you know, if you have dealt with APIs, you know that not one API is built alike. Oh, it's yeah. not a standard. It's not a, you know, it, it's not an email that you send to one and you get it and everybody knows what an email is. It's, it's definitely not a standard. And the variations and implementations of it are tremendous. The limitations, the pagination. So all these complexities are fairly, even as a consultant basis for you to, to, to get those in, would be quite costly for you. Mm-hmm. But even if you did, um, ultimately the question, and the question that I've asked some of my bosses as I was working for the pharmaceutical industry, and they were just throwing money, more money into these global data warehouses is, but are we a pharmaceutical company or are we an IT company? Because at this point in time, I think I have more budget uh, you know, in my department than you know, the medical research unit over there has. And that doesn't make sense to me you need to focus on the core business. Our business is to sell medicine. And this is what I tell a lot of the small, medium-sized business. Your business is to do whatever you do best, mm-hmm. not to be dealing with APIs and hiring consultants and things to, to implement um, you know, IT systems for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if cloud really is to meet its promise of ease to use, fast uh, adoption, uh, you know, better features at a lower cost, uh, then it has to meet the whole thing. It can't be just, you know, the one piece and then leave the data reporting and analytics for later. And that is going to cost you a bundle, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be the whole thing. So yeah, that's 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 kind of the trade-off. But I do agree with you. If you do have a product, however, my only exception to that rule is if you do yourself, you are an IT shop, mm-hmm. your business is being in software, then... I do recommend you that you do put it and bake it into your own product, mm-hmm. right? Don't do this if your core product is not that, but definitely look for a solution, if not click data, something else that makes your job easier, uh, unless, again, you're a software shop. There was an example that you gave in that that I want to go back to just for a second to, to just reinforce for the listeners, the audience out there. And that is you talked about how, you know, Facebook, for example, could be providing, you know, historically a year's worth of click information, and then they may reduce it down to 30 days. In a context where you're taking on the responsibility for yourself to have your API connections or do your analytics, can you imagine how easy it would be to miss that somehow and then all of a sudden what were great numbers looking back a year have now dropped precipitously because you didn't realize now it's only a 30-day trail instead of a year trail and you start to actually base organizational decisions on that i mean it's terrifying and i can promise you all that's happening all over the place like these are things that are happening daily in organizations and we are running our businesses based on poor quality information not due to any ill intent and not even due to bad design and development up front it's because the world changes around us and if we do not adapt to it we end up in this skewed version of reality and i think that's a, it's just a really easy to understand example of how that can happen despite everybody at any given moment doing pretty much the right thing. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the Facebook, and again, not to hammer on them, but, you know, they did that in response, uh, and that has happened to us in response, for example, of the Cambridge uh, Analytics uh, incident where, you know, there was data leakage from from Facebook through a third-party company, and all of a sudden they just said, well, we have to protect our company, we have to protect our, our, our users of Facebook, so we're cutting everybody's API access and everybody needs to reauthorize and go through the whole approval process. So mm-hmm. us, much like all the other Facebook partners, 
had to do this for our customers um, so they can go back to getting their own data. So um, it, some, as you said, it's, it's a perfectly great example where, you know, it was imposed on them to protect our own data, mm-hmm. right? Where it gets a little bit more gray area for me is when they start wanting to, when they're cutting uh, the data access of our own data um, for the sake of monetization. That is, um, it, it's starting mm-hmm. to, um, you know, why, why am I able to get, you know, conversions of this, but I can't get conversions of that. Uh, why can I get 30 days of this, but that one I can get 60 days, you know, uh, and, and why does that other person can get 90 days? Oh, they're mm-hmm. paying more. Okay. So it, it it's that that's going to be an interesting topic to follow in the next few years is why are we allowing these businesses to monetize on the data that we're actually providing to them? Um, and, and how can we get some of that back as well? That's interesting. Cause I mean, this is something that's been developing over as long as we've had data and cloud and, and all that. And, and thinking about new kinds of data, data monetization strategies. Um, I've seen, um, prior clients that had, uh, strategies around, you know, they, they had a, a big group of, of, uh, clients in a particular industry and they would sell aggregations of all their other client information for a high cost and 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 they would, would they would obfuscate through um aggregation any like um identifiable characteristics but they could start to do industry relevant things based on a a purely owned set of data that they had a unique vantage point into and they would charge a ton of money to give their own clients like situational understanding about other of their clients. And it's, it starts to really quickly move into a, an ethical gray area because they're not providing my specific data, but I contribute to this generalized data that they're now monetizing. What other kinds of like patterns, whether concerning or interesting, have you encountered when it comes to data monetization that maybe didn't exist 10 or 15 years ago that you're starting to see uh, nowadays? Well, no, absolutely. I mean, with the with the advent of you know this type of uh, uh, on-demand machine learning, where uh, doing exactly that, what you just explained is actually um, kind of the bread and butter of pharmaceutical because we don't have that 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 data, right? So we need to make assumptions, statistical assumptions, mm-hmm. as to who is actually promoting our products and who is not promoting our products, so that we can offer training to those that are not promoting our drug. Maybe they are not aware. Um, so that type of analysis, uh, statistical analysis in the blind, if you will, has made it, uh, it has been made quite easy, uh, or I shouldn't say easier, but at least accessible mm-hmm. to those that uh, can now stand up machine learning uh, automation in, you know, in, in the different cloud providers, for example, to start analyzing data and doing that type of, of, of uh, data analysis in such a way that they can now uh, identify patterns uh, which before were just assumed they would never be, uh, you know, found uh, or at least accessible to those businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second piece of it where I see there's a brand new business is everybody's starting, uh, uh, you know, if they're getting into the software side of things and, and collecting data on behalf of users or using APIs, the first thing is it's almost like, you know, we're all kind of trying to look for that magic thing. And we say, oh my, I can connect to this API. This is great. I can, I can web scrape the entire internet and just like Google did, can now, you know, put a search engine and sell this information back, right? Mm-hmm. So people are no longer thinking about building a software that does, you know, a game or, or, 
or a, a, a tool or a, or a uh, you know a, an activity reminder uh, platform or something like that. Now they're thinking about what data can I connect uh, collect through those applications that I can then resell and kind of be the, the master of. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's half uh, you know the power hungry kind of uh, in, in us that kind of says. I'd like to control this. And then there's the other piece, which is, I wonder if I can do it, right? There, there's those two sides, right? <laughs> of, of the geekiness and the, the thing, oh, yeah, I'll be the, you know, I'll be controlling all this data. Uh-huh. So there's, there's those two things. Um, and, and I think people are always thinking about that. Uh, we have a lot of customers that are using click data mm-hmm. um, to report on it, uh, also to collect data um, uh, that, you know, they wish to kind of monetize up. And the question is, it's not necessarily a bad thing if it's done with the right type of data uh, that is not private, that is not uh, you know health sensitive, that is not uh, that it meets all the all, all, all the uh, the legal uh, check boxes. Um, it, it has to be done with the right intention as well uh, to offer a better service, to offer um, uh, potentially a, a better product. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it has to be done with the right intentions and monetized in the right way. Um, but not offered as you know as a as a free for all search social network, and all of a sudden one day you're cut off, right? It's like a little bit of you get a little bit of the drug, but then we'll take it off, right? So it's yeah. it, it's a big minefield, and I think it's a gray area. And I think you know we have just seen the you know last three four years, I've seen a lot of legal battles on that ground, and I think we're going to see a lot more uh, in the years to come. Yeah, though that's that's fascinating stuff, and, and and I actually want to turn the dial a little bit, kind of related to this topic that we've talking about. And I know this isn't your area of specific expertise, but I'm sure this is not the first time you're going to get a question on this particular topic area, because like my I love most of the time to spend time thinking about innovation and and analytics and how do we you know start driving our our businesses better and and all of these things. But there's a flip side to all of this, which is you know the more data that we have, the more cloud and complexity that we have. And we're talking about APIs. And we're talking about, you know, we talked about some privacy things. There's also this world that's becoming more and more visible even to smaller businesses, which is around security and around, you know, things like, um, you know, where where uh, organizations are being hijacked and and, and taken hostage and, and, and ransomware and, and all of these kinds of things become the more connected we are and the more we're, we're pulling from different data sources or whatever, the more we potentially expose ourselves and our networks to really big risk uh, when it comes to people not only you know data breaches are just the start it's literally where it could infiltrate and seize the operations of our organization from a data perspective and a systems perspective what are the kinds of things that you're seeing from your vantage point um in this space and and what what do you think might be the right answers to help continue to drive this data i don't think we're stopping data driven behaviors but how do we make sure we're putting them in a place where the risk is being managed in an effective way wow that's a, that's a tough question that's a great question i'm not sure if i if i'd be able to answer that but i i do fear um as as a software development company um that you know there's too many points of entry um, um, and most of those points of entries are asked by our customers. They, they, they're features that they want, right? Um, and I think there's two different types of points of entries that we need to define. There's the points of entry where, um, through acquisitions, and that's one of my biggest confer, uh, concerns through acquisitions, 
company A buys technology from company B, either leases it or uh, outright acquires it, and with it is uh, is saying, well, we we integrate very very tightly with this, uh, without knowing what this is and yeah. and all the all the backdoors that it could potentially bring, right? So that's one of my concerns. Um, and, and the second concern, and and, and this is, uh, uh, I think it is definitely expanded today because. You know, uh, companies like Microsoft, which used to be very closed ecosystems, have now opened up. I mean, they're doing stuff on Linux. They're doing stuff uh, definitely on cloud, but uh, containers, Docker's, they're partnering up with all these companies. They're contributing to open source projects. Um, you know, um, Linus, uh, basically, the line, Unix has, has, has become, a, you know, a very open, but still open source uh, operating system. All these things are great, but... Where is all this code coming from? Who's videoing this, right? There's something to be said about that old mentality of making sure that nothing comes in, nothing comes into my company that I don't, I don't know, I don't license it. I don't have somebody that I can say, okay, this is your code, this is your application. So that's one point of entry, the application side. And that is, that is usually concerning because as with most, most software companies, we use, you know, we use Microsoft Azure as our cloud provider. And I'm counting on them to keep our customers' data safe, right? And whether they are or not is based on other third parties that audit them and so forth. On the data side, it's it's exactly the same thing. I think there's this huge liberty that we sometimes have to train our customers. Please don't send me, you know, something as simple as please don't send me your password. Please don't send me your Excel <laughs> with all your finances on this email. Yeah. We built this platform so you can load it directly there. It's encrypted. Mm-hmm. Put it there. Don't send it to me on Excel and say, can you build a dashboard with this data? That's not how it works, right? Yeah. So there's an education as well, Anthony. I think I think uh, we have been very open uh, until recently to just opening, uh, you know, putting our Visa card on the net uh, by, by, you know, over the phone, giving numbers and licenses and IDs. Um, we've had this trust us. As long as that little lock icon is at the top, that everything is safe. And that is obviously totally false. And I think you need to learn that the hard way sometimes to kind of take a step back and kind of um, really uh, put things together in your company and your personal life as well that secure your data, that secure uh, your finances, that secure um, everything pretty much these days. So um, it's, it's it's a learning thing. I think it's a generational thing. I think it's going to get better, but mm-hmm. um, but it'll take a lot of passes at it. And I also believe it's going to take a lot of old technology to kind of phase out as well before mm-hmm. we can be safer, at least. Yeah, no, that's some that's some great actionable advice, and and I think that the the common around too of like it's it's hard enough when we're in kind of a steady state, we're operating our business or what have you. But many of our businesses don't do that right, now, especially with we got the pandemic, we've got you know the the merger and acquisition space just exponentially increases the complexity like every time instantly and and like those kinds of you know crucial business events you know we those aren't going to stop but they haven't you know they they aren't usually done based on how well are these technologies going to mash up in the back office like that's just not that's not how it is so um and and we're almost out of time and 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 you we i think like minute by minute there have been so many great insights during this conversation i think this is one of of 
you know, just the most action packed, like we've covered a lot of ground and I appreciate your flexibility as I've thrown some, you know, questions at you that you probably weren't expecting. But um, the, 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 the last question that I have for you. And, and I'm really just interested in, in saying, especially for those those small and medium-sized businesses that find all of this just super overwhelming, like what are the one or two or three things that they could be doing that they're probably or maybe not doing that you often see or like when they come to you, if they had been doing these things, things get a lot easier. What could they do themselves to start getting on the right path to, to getting where they should be with data and technology and cloud and analytics and all of these things? Where, where do you start? Well, that's that's a great question. But I mean, um, my advice at the beginning, which was always start with what is important to you to to run your business, right? Uh, really take a step back. Don't see what technology you have at your disposal. Don't don't look at the data that you have. Rather, think about what are those performance indicators that can make an impact, and and then from there derive what you need. Right? You may arrive at the end to say, well, I don't have the data for that, right? but I'll make an assumption or, or I'll just assume something there to, to, to calculate that indicator or that chart or, or what have you. And uh, don't just start building all kinds of KPIs just because you can. Everybody's great at building charts on Excel. I love it. But don't, don't do that. Just focus on what you really want, what you want to see. Every Monday morning, you open your iPhone or whatever, and you look at it and you kind of go, okay, I'm doing well. I did well yesterday. You know, my sales was, I mean, that's the point of time that I wanted to get and I have right now with Big Data that I can see what my team did yesterday in different areas and kind of see, yeah, I got to call this person here because there's something not right or why did we uh, do this or that. So think from a KPI standpoint and then build it down. The second thing is that even if you uh, you don't need you know tools, expensive tools, to do what potentially Excel can do very well, I think the second thing is to get yourself educated in terms of uh, the way to format data. Um, Excel is an amazing tool, again, uh, as other tools, but I think people confuse visualization with the data side. Um, one of the things that our customers come to us often is oh, I've built this amazing Excel with macros and everything else, pivoted tables all over the place. Um, can you load that up, right? But we know that pivoted data is is static, right? It's 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 columnar. It's, it's not ideal for consumption and analysis. Um, terms such as normalized data don't really are terms that are a bit more difficult to explain. Mm-hmm. But the concept of saying, well, have you thought of just shifting that around and saying every day you have a new sale, just write a new line at the end. So you build what's called, what we call it a table, a normal vertical table. Uh, and and the basics of that, I think is very important. Um, and I think it's because of the flexibility of such tools that allow them to enter data and at the same time, visualize it at the same time, mm-hmm. which is great, but it's not sustainable. So they need to start thinking more in terms of proper data uh, formatting and standards uh, in terms of how they need to track their business as it grows. Uh, it may be okay to do a pivot table if you have only a few orders a day. Uh, it will run unmanageable if you have uh, you know hundreds of, of orders a day. Hmm. And the third piece is the visualization. Um, you know, I, I recommend often to customers to look at things such as Stephen View. Uh, blog, um, um, you know, Tuftis, uh principles may be a little bit too, too but these guys um, t- 
teach you that, you know, a pie chart is a painting, you know, is very hard to read. Mm -hmm. uh, pie charts are not ideal, maybe column charts. And whether you agree with it or not, at least learn the basics of visualizations. Don't build a dashboard that has 50 indicators. Uh, you know, 50 indicators is a sure sign that your users, your employees, your uh, partners will not look at that dashboard. They will look at three or four the most, and they have to be precise. They have to be well visualized. And if they want to dig deeper, then, uh, you know, build another view for that. But don't try to, to uh, overload, you know, your visualization with, with a lot of things. So these are very, um, you know, basic but more educational, pedagogical approaches to how you should handle your data, how you should look at your data, um, and not, nothing to do with tools. You can do this with any tool you want, by the way. So um, th these are the advices that we give. Um, most often to any small business starting to get larger and they're starting to have difficulties handling their data. Those three things usually help along the way. Tomo, that's a, that's amazing advice. I mean, it's just, and, and, and I think that notion of, of simple metrics, make it clear, make it actionable. Don't, don't go too complex. Start with the basics, know what you need every day. Like those are just core things that are easy to forget in a very complex and getting increasingly so complex world. And so thank you for that. I'm sure that is going to help a lot of people out there. And, and, so. you know, and, and, and we're, we're definitely out of time now. So tell me, thank you so much for being here today. It's been thank an awesome, you, fun, fun show. So thank you very much. And thank you for watching or listening today. You'll find links and more information about today's topic in the show notes. Visit Algman.com to learn more about Algman Data Leadership and the many ways we can help you become a data leader. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact.